When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon, click on the ad free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time ad free over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined back by the one the only wells adams what's up david how are you bud welcome back welcome back behind the velvet rope how are you today so nice it's so nice back here behind the velvet rope like being in front of the velvet rope with all the normies not so great but this is really plush Well, listen, you know a thing or two about being behind a velvet rope, Wells. I mean, you know, thank you for taking time out of your favorite thing with Brandy Wells, your own pod by Brandy Cyrus. What am I saying? I'm doing too many things at once. But, you know, welcome. How is the podcast going these days? Yeah, it's going good. We uh, realized uh, the other day that we've done your favorite thing podcast, Wells and Brandy, since for the past seven years, which seems like a very, very long time. Uh, it's still going strong. People are still listening to it, which is crazy for me. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been a crazy seven year ride. It started as we were trying to, uh, get a, at the time I was doing a, a night show on a pop station in, in Nashville on iHeart. And I was trying to get, uh, Brandy and I show syndicated and they didn't, they didn't bite on it because they make bad decisions sometimes. And so we decided to make this show a, a podcast and, still going so it's been fun someone told me i'm in my fourth year someone told me apparently at the fifth year that that is when you're i've never heard this term but that's when you're considered a legacy podcast so you and brandy are a legacy podcast just fyi i did not know that um that's cool i guess good for us right good for you guys i mean seven years is a long time i mean look a lot most people come and leave right they don't last i mean i read somewhere else someone told me that i guess someone in the industry said most podcasts don't make it past like 17 episodes once they start so yeah seven years is pretty good wells well thank you and five years is pretty good for you six whatever you said 
here we are. I mm-hmm. mean, what what are some of your favorite things these days? Like what has sent you down the rabbit hole? I saw in a recent episode, I split my time between New York and LA. So I was just yeah. in LA. It was a ghost town. I saw you just did an episode on Coachella. Everyone really, I mean, I'm not a Coachella person, but the whole rest of LA, it was like, this is truly a ghost town right now. Yeah. It was kind of nice when Coachella happens. Everyone leaves. Um, but then you have to look at Instagram and see all these ridiculous photos of people dressed up like they're a cowboy hooker or some weird, you know, like ashless chaps with cool sunglasses on. Um, but no, one of my favorite things right now, uh, let's see. I'm I mean, like obsessed right now with, um, with a show on, on Netflix called outlast. It's, uh, it's like a survival show. Um, Jason Bateman actually produced it and it's like alone, but it's also like hunger games. Like people team up and there's alliances and like a helicopter drops like packages for people. Um, And there's a woman on it named Jill who is, listen, I've been around a lot of villains on reality show uh, reality shows over the years. This woman is the worst, the worst. Like it's absolutely mind blown that this person is like this on this show. Uh, so that's my favorite show right now. Also, there's a show called Jury Duty on Freevee, uh, which is like a a part of the Amazon Prime app. And I don't know if you see that, but- it I is- know someone who's in it, Trisha. She she was on my podcast. And oh, really? We lost touch. And then I was like, this show is like so amazing. I'm like, congratulations. Well, James Marsden's in it at playing himself, which is so freaking funny. Uh, the, the premise is it's like, uh, there's a documentary about um, like a civil case, a civil and uh, a civil case, and there's one guy, one guy who's a juror who's like the head juror, and he doesn't know, but everyone else is an actor, and it's the f- and and he's like the sweetest, nicest guy. Like, uh, it's an absolutely fantastic show. So those are my two TV shows. Um, let's see, movies right now. Um, Air is uh, amazing. Everyone should go see that um, yesterday. Um, books, I'm reading, um, oh, uh, In the Weeds. It's a, a book about Anthony Bourdain. Uh, well, it's written by his uh, EP, his executive producer, and it's like all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, huh. Go read that. That's if you're a big Anthony Bourdain guy, which I feel like everyone's an Anthony Bourdain guy. Um, music right now. Um I don't, I don't know. Tyler Childers always has some great stuff going out. I'm a big fan of his and that's it. It's, that's kind of everything we do. We talk about like what our favorite things are, which is usually movies, books, TV shows, um, and then like our daily lives. And TV jury duty is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you you do know a thing or two about like reality TV villains. You know, you're on Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise, Master of Ceremonies. Like, are you caught up on the scandal? Like, are you aware of what the scandal <laughs> is? I mean, it, and why is this such a big thing? I'm yeah, it's curious. funny. It's well, it's funny is that my manager also manages Tom and Jax and like a lot of people from the Vanderpump rules thing. I do not watch that show. Um, so I only, but, but I do know what's going on. And like, I've heard all the stories about like Tom and Raquel and Adriana. Is that who it is? My Ariana. Ariana. Listen, close. I was close. That's pretty good. You, you were but close. I, 
But I also have to, I see it through the prism of my managers having to deal with, which I'm sure is just like having to put out dumpster fire after dumpster fire after dumpster fire, Howie Mandel's involved somehow. Um, so yeah, I, I've, um, I've been, I've been seeing it and it just seems, it seems like great TV, I guess. I mean, it's like, we haven't even gotten to that. It's like, you know, this group is so incestuous. They've all slept with each other. I mean, to me, it's like, I just don't understand why this is such a, we're not even on the part where it's on the TV. It's like just in real life and this girl Raquel, and she was great friends with Ariana and sure. But I mean, this whole group has slept around. I'm just like, I I don't understand why this is such like that big, like David Spade was going into some red carpet like a few weeks ago. And they said like, what's your goal of the night? And he's like, I just want to know what's going to happen on Scandaval. And I'm like, yeah. Like, what? Like, how is this, like, with everything that we've seen in reality TV, why? Like, why is this such a big thing? Yeah, I don't know. It's juicy. And, like, the way it went down with, like, I guess, he's, like, playing a show and, like, the the phone and uh, the video on the phone. It just seemed, it's, like, really, really very juicy. I mean, Lisa Vanderpump, the whole cast must just be like, okay, we see some money in our future. I mean, Lisa doesn't need any more money, but I'm sure this is going to be great for the show and like infuse life into this franchise. Yeah. Is it on, is it on Bravo? Yeah. It's on Bravo. Bravo is just like, they picked up, which doesn't always happen. Like they picked up cameras, like the season was wrapped. It was odd. And they picked up cameras just to like extend the season and capture this and like re-edit some things, even though they say they're not re-editing that much. I was saying, I mean, I don't think, you know, no shade to anyone on Vanderpump Rules, but I don't think there's really a world in any where anyone on Vanderpump Rules could really be the Bachelorette. But I think Ariana, she's like America's jilted, you know, woman. She's she's around the right age. I mean, she is the right age. She looks the part. I think. What do you think of Ariana as the Bachelorette? Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good idea. Um, I don't know if we could afford her, if I'm being honest, because I imagine she uh knows her worth right now and that would probably be pretty expensive to do i mean we for the most part you know cast with inside the bachelor uh family but you know with done before you know um we've had ba- we've had bachelors before that weren't from the show um like matt james good example of that so yeah i'm all i'm all for it i think that would be great do you like the idea of like, you know, casting, like I'm sure names come up like casting just, you know, well-known people, you know, we're not going to cast like, you know, some major A-lister. I can't even think of who, but you know, like, like a reality star or someone like along those lines, do you like that idea or do you like it within the franchise? Well, I think that it would probably be great for ratings, Um but every every kind of reality show makes their show a little bit different. And so I, w- I often wonder if you were to cast, like, let's say a Kardashian, which I think that was that conversation years ago. But, but the Kardashians work on that show much differently than we, than we create Bachelor or Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise. And so I think that would be a, a hard learning curve. Whereas when you, when you, like, let's say you go on The Bachelor as one of the, the female cast members – kind of like learn how the machine works and like how the show is created. And then when they cast you as the bachelorette, you kind of know like the moving pieces and it, and it becomes seamless and easy because at the end of the day, you know, you have to film so much television to get all of that, um, get the entire season. And we film primarily just reality. Um, and I say that by being like, okay, the times that we don't film reality are like 
a rose ceremony is not reality because that's not a normal thing. Like, you know, making people stand up there and like accept roses is not a normal part of reality. But going on a date is a very normal part of reality. And so we just film like, like I, I do feel like the Kardashians or like, um, you know, Jersey Shore to be like, today we're going to all go horseback riding. Well, that wouldn't be a normal thing for the Jersey Shore people to go do. And it's also like, and we all know that, you know, Snooki hates horses. And so there's like a little bit of, there's a little bit of like a plan. Whereas on the, our shows, it's like, you kind of would probably go on this date. You probably wouldn't be able to afford the helicopter, but like, just go live in this world and let's see what happens. And there is no, there is no kind of like, we're driving towards Snooki falling off the horse or freaking out or something. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like situational. Like they slightly scripted of like today, this is what we're going to do. This is our activity. Yeah. There was a talk years ago about the Kardashian, about one of the Kardashians being on the franchise. Sorry, I took a drink of water. That's okay. I, I, I had heard, I had heard that, or but then I remember like immediately, one, whoever, whatever Kardashian was, was like, that's never happening, you know. Like, also like contractually, it we can't because we're on E, and that's not the same thing as ABC. And like, come on, let's be realistic. But I remember people like wanting it. Like, I don't know. It was after like one, so, someone broke up with somebody, and everyone was like, they need to be the best. This needs to happen immediately. But it never did. I wonder who it was. I mean, there's so many breaking up at all times. I know. <laughs> that would be, I mean, and you talk about, you're not sure. If, I think you could afford Ariana. I'm not sure you could afford any of the Kardashians in Bachelor yeah. Nation. And I don't know if we could get like enough basketball players to come on as cast members, you know, because they, you know, they do like their their basketball players over there. Although Kendall is apparently dating Timothy Chalamet these days. I know, which I feel like, I mean, she is a you know a big star, but like I feel like that's a good get, you know. I think it's like a win-win for everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, I am so jaded in the business. I don't know where you are along the spectrum, but I'm just like between that and like Kendall and Bad Bunny. I'm like, what is really happening here, or what is here for publicity and like agents and managers and Chris Jenner? And I mean, no offense and no no shade, but I just wonder is any of because I just can't see some of this. Yeah, I'm it's I'm kind of shocked by it because uh Timothy needs no help in anything. Like he is the Not. it guy right now. Um and I don't know if any of the Kardashians need anything at this point. So I, I feel like this is probably a, a real thing. And yeah, they're like an it couple. So I guess good for you guys. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. 
They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Oh my God. Now, you guys know I love drinking vodka. I talk about it all the time on this podcast. It really is my go to to have a good time, to relax, to unwind. But right now, I'm not sure I'll ever drink vodka again because I'm obsessed with these Nebula 9 ready-to-drink cocktails. I like to say it's vodka in a can, but okay, it's much more than that. Nebula 9 has great flavored vodka, but I really am obsessed with these like cans. I mean, they're so easy. You just open the can and you drink. Each can has two shots per can. So each can, you drink one can, it's like having two shots of vodka. How great is that? Now, I told you last week, this is very serious, that my favorite flavor was the Palmy Blue Cosmo. I stand corrected. I've spent the past week with these four amazing flavors, Moscow Mule, Pineapple Passion Fruit Paradise, Great Beyond, and the Palmy Blue Cosmo. I stand corrected. I like the Great Beyond the best. Also, there's no added sugar. And so like, you know, sticking on my health kick, it's the summer. This also works for that. Order yours today at nebula9vodka.com and use promo code VELVET for 10% off your order. Of course, always drink responsibly. And of course, you have to be 21 years or older to purchase. That's nebula9vodka.com. Use promo code VELVET for 10% off your order. Enjoy. I love it. Well, you know, The Bachelorette is back June 26th. We have Jesse Palmer hosting. He hosted, you know, the last season of The Bachelor. Like, how do you feel about Jesse as, I mean, it seems like this is now, he is the new host of the franchise. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. Um, he's great. Like, I've, I've only done one season with him uh, of Paradise, but he is such a sweet guy. I feel bad for him in Mexico because he sweats a lot, and that place is very hot. Um, so it's it's a lot of, you know, undershirts and changing of shirts for him. But um, he's great. He's got that, like, kind of um, Rain Man quarterback mind where, like, you can give him a couple, you know, give him like a lot of lines to say. And like, he doesn't need a teleprompter. He can like spit it out. Like he's like in the huddle again, like yelling out some crazy long play. Um, so he's great. Like hits your mark red, you know, red light goes on, kills it one, one take wonder. And then he's out of there. Um, so yeah, he's, I think he's doing a great job. Um, he's obviously was the bachelor. So it makes sense for him to kind of, you know, go into that role. Um, so yeah. I used to live in the same building as him in New York and he was like the nicest guy. And yeah, that's interesting just, about the lines. Yeah. He's like, I I'm good on camera, but like I, I would, would love a teleprompter. I can do that all day long, but uh, yeah, he's a, uh, he's a one take wonder. Do you know like who else was in the mix for this job? Like were you yourself in the mix? I mean, you are a master of ceremonies. Yeah. I, I had the conversations with like, the pretty high ups. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, they went with 
Jesse and uh, you know, he's, he's so very good at this and just good at hosting in general, which like, so I totally understood. He also was the bachelor. So uh, that's something that I never was. So it's hard for me to kind of empathize with the leads of those shows. He would be much better at those things, but yeah, we, uh, I had those conversations and it didn't go my way. Do you, you know, like we're all in the business, like, do you, like, how are you in the business? Like when things don't, you know, you don't get something, are you just on to the next? Are you ever like, well, that's the one that got away. Like, where do you fall in the spectrum? You just never know what's going to hit and what isn't. Um, I think, uh, I think it's healthy to like be upset or angry for like a day or two. And then you just got to let it go. It's fine. Um, for me also, some of the best opportunities I've gotten have come because other opportunities weren't available or didn't pan out the way I want. And I, you always have to keep that in mind, just in actually in all, whether you work in the entertainment industry or, or any other industry, like sometimes the thing that you think you want is not the thing that you need. And um, that keeps you sane a little bit. I think so. I think that's good advice. Yeah. What about, you know, there has been some controversy like over Jesse, you know, like when Chris was, you know, initially gone and, you know, that there was a lot of people that were like, you know, this is an opportunity to like hire a host like permanently that, you know, adds like diversity and inclusion. There is some pushback, you know, amongst, of course, shocking online, Reddit and all the other places with Bachelor Nation about like, okay, we have a new host. He's like a cis white, you know, male. Where do you fall on this? Yeah, I understand change is hard for everybody, and those are hard decisions, and those decisions are made by people way above my pay grade. Um, You know, listen, if they had gone with me, it would have been the same thing. I'm, you know, cis white guy. Uh, So, yeah, listen, I'm not paid enough to make those decisions, but I understand, you know, people, people always want different things and you can't make everybody happy unfortunately no you can't well the last time you were here i asked you if you would ever be getting married you have gotten married congratulations you you. know they say it feels different no matter how long you've lived with or gone out with someone so does it feel different being a married man not at all because we were also engaged for so long because of the pandemic and weren't able to get married we had to push our wedding twice because our venue was like, we were not letting a lot of people in. So we kind of felt like we were married for those two years. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing really has changed other than, you know, we, we have more jewelry on our hands. <laughs> Do you remember anything from the wedding? You know, I talked to married couples that just say like, it's all a blur. It went by so fast. It is. Um, I, there are a couple of things that like really stick out the most. I remember Sarah and I laughing while it was happening, saying, God, I wish we were invited to this wedding. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, I, everyone had a lot of fun at our wedding. And I, I attribute that to we it was the kind of the first big thing that a lot of people got to do post pandemic because it was kind of coming at the tail end of it. And so everyone's like, I've been stuck in my house for so long. I'm going to party like it's 1999. And so uh, it got turned up real fast. The after party was super, super weird. Uh, Everyone was just having the best time uh, they've ever had. And basically Sarah and I were sober being like, look at all these idiots. Um, And I I think one of my favorite moments, uh, aside from like actually getting married um, 
and like reading our vows and stuff and doing our first dance, uh, a moment that I really enjoyed. And um, I think it was her stylist that gave us this uh, bit of advice. They're like, they're like, after the wedding, while everyone's like, kind of like hanging around the reception, go find some high ground and look down and look at everybody. And uh, it was an emotional thing. And it was beautiful. We got we went up and we looked down on all these, you know, these different amalgamations of friends and family and work people and all these different things that make up who we are having to intertwine with one another. And everyone loved everybody like it you know it's funny to see batch a lot of bachelor nation people hanging out with a lot of modern family people and then you know cast or crew from both of those shows intertwining and then you know friends from sarah's high school days and like my college days all coming together it was really beautiful and it was a cool thing to uh to witness who got the drunkest from the modern family cast out of those in attendance? Oh, of course, I can't answer that question. Well, how was Jesse Tyler Ferguson as the officiant? And did you miss Ty Burrell? I know he was originally the one who was chosen. I know you're a huge, you were a huge Ty Burrell fan before. Well, I'm, I'm a this. huge fan of both of them. Um, I mean, it, one, we had chosen Ty originally because Ty has done this before, whereas Jesse had not done that. So it wasn't like, we liked Ty better. It was, well, he's done it. So, and he's like got the, the bullshit, you know, thing online that says you can marry people. Um, but un unfortunately he had kind of like a family emergency and couldn't do it. And listen, if you have to replace Ty Burrell with the Tony award winning Jesse Tyler Ferguson, you're not doing too bad. Uh, I've always said that Ty's the funniest guy I've ever met from that show and maybe in life and Jesse Tyler Ferguson is probably one a, um, and so having him up there was amazing. He was so freaking funny, but it was tough because he was so good and so funny that it both Sarah and I kept like, on looking at Jesse and like laughing at his jokes and being like, okay, okay I got to focus on the girl I'm marrying. Like you're, you're almost too funny right now. Uh, but he did an amazing job and everything worked out the way it was supposed to. And uh, I I love Jesse and his husband, Justin, so much. They're they're amazing people. Who gave you the best gift from the Modern Family? Ah, cast? that's a good question. I think Sophia Vergara did. She gave us a real nice um, like outdoor teak table that. It's funny because I was just like, I got to clean this thing because you got to clean. I didn't know you got a clean teak. Oh, and yeah. So we were just talking. I was like literally just looking on Amazon, finding like a teak cleaning thing. But everyone was very, very generous. Um, but that's just the one that's in, popping in my mind right now. That's a good one. Yeah, it was great. Right. And you had some Bachelor Nation people there. I mean, Chris was there. How is Chris Harrison doing these days? And from one podcast host to the next, how do you feel about his podcast? I, I think it's great, but he's gotten flack on it. But I think it's a great podcast. Like I said earlier, you can't please everybody. Um, I was like one of his first guests on the show because yeah. we were playing uh, on a golf tournament together in um, in Orlando. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just happy that he's getting back out there um, and working. He's, he's a workaholic. Um, and so I know having to take a little bit of a sabbatical and a timeout. And uh, I know that was, was, was hard for him, but I'm 
I'm proud of him for doing that. And I think it was something that he needed to do. Um, he needed to, he needed some contrition from what had happened. And I think that he's done that. And we all have to move on from things eventually. And you, you know, you can't just stop doing the things that you do. And so I'm just happy that he's getting to, you know, kind of scratch that itch, which is, you know, hosting things. That is the thing, you know, back to your seven years, you know, with my favorite thing, it's like, you know, and I have a lot of friends that worked at Sirius radio and a lot of them are now, you know, there's a lot of changes at Sirius and now, you know, there's a lot of pink slips and people are reinventing themselves and starting podcasts. I mean, I think that's the great thing about a podcast that technically you do kind of just take the matters into your own hands and you can do it on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. What do you think about cancel culture? I mean, you know, we're in like a different stage of it now per se, but like, what do you think just in general of cancel culture? I'm just curious. I think in, in some, in certain instances, it's needed and very good. Um, I do wonder if um, the pandemic made things worse because people were so angry and they were angry because obviously like they were stuck at home or they're losing their jobs. You know, they're, they were getting pinched, you know, inflation started going crazy. Like I totally understand it. And people just wanted to be mad about things. And so they've, they've were able to direct their anger into, uh, into other things that they normally wouldn't be able to do. And that just made me sad because um, I totally understand and empathize with people being upset and being angry, but that starts to wear on you a little bit. And it starts to kind of bring, bring your, like your light and your brightness down when you're angry all the time. And so I'm just, I'm just hoping that now that we're coming out of this pandemic and people are getting out and, and doing things that I don't know, we can, we can bring a little bit more like light back into the world after such a dark, dark place that we were in. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Listen, you guys know that vodka is my go-to to kind of take the edge off, right? I mean, I talk about it all the time. You guys also know that I just moved into my Hamptons house and my LA house, and life has been a little more stressful than normal. If you could see how I've been living, literally, I mean, I'm too busy doing this podcast to unpack. So there are literally clothes all over the floor. And I just, I have friends that swear by THC gummies. And it's really not been my thing, but I'm like, listen, I need something. And my mind was racing. All I was doing was 
was thinking about unpacking and I also couldn't sleep at night. So all my friends use microdose THC gummy. So I'm like, look, let me try it out. I started with the entry level dose, which I love. They have an entry level dose. I'm like, okay, this sounds like me. The wild berry is great. And I have to say the THC gummies from microdose helped me sleep better at night. They definitely took off the anxiety. And I also feel like I'm living more in the moment and I'm not really, when I'm working, I'm not really thinking about unpacking. And when I'm unpacking, I'm not really thinking about work. So listen, check out microdose. Microdose is available nationwide. And to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code VELVETROW to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links could be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com code VELVETROW. I kind of agree. I mean, I say all the time, like, I do think the pandemic, you know, not even getting into the merits of where we were versus where we are now with cancel culture. I, but I do think a lot of things were because of the pandemic and just people had time on their hands and just, I, I really do. I completely agree. Yeah. And I think like, I talk about this in terms of Bravo, just because there were some certain things there that happened. But like, do you think like not arguing the merits, we don't have to get into that. But like, do you think like a Chris Harrison would have gotten let go, so to speak, if all of that happened today? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, for Chris, I think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I'm sure he would have done things differently um, if it happened today. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not really sure what would have happened. And again, like I said earlier, like there are people that are paid a lot more money, way higher above that make make those decisions. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Well, what about, you know, my favorite thing with Brandy Cyrus? Like, what's the best thing about working with Brandy? Um. I mean, she's so easy to record with. Um, we've done it for so long now that we kind of, we fit into lockstep. We can kind of do these shows very, very easily. And um, I think we both know our roles on the show at, at this point. So it's, it's not, it's not really work. And I've all, you know, everyone always says that, like, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. And it's, it does feel like that for us. Um, I'm amazed that people are still listening to the show because we've done it for so long. Um, but the, uh, the YFTers out there are, uh, are the best fans in the world. And, uh, the show just keeps on clicking on. It does. Well, on my list of favorite things is certainly endless summer vacation. I mean, are, do you appreciate the new Miley CD as much as I do? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, she continuously, kicks ass I, like i'm not surprised by uh any of it i'm just glad that um i'm glad that flowers went viral like in on tiktok and everything like i think that that's awesome for her but we, like the grammys were whatever it was like a month ago and we were brandy and i were talking about it and miley doesn't have a grammy and that to me is that what well, doesn't make any sense like the amount of records she has sold the amount of tickets she has sold like what i don't I'm so very confused recording Academy. Like, let's get that, that together. Yeah, no, she's, she's killing it. You know, who else is killing it is her little sister, Noah. She is putting out such good freaking music. I've known her since she was, you know, 17, 16. Um, and I'm just, I'm so very proud of her. She's gone in her own like little lane and she's great. Obviously, um, Billy Ray is is still making amazing music. I mean, he just won a Grammy. 
for Old Town Road not too long ago. So the other, and then Brandy is like one of the best DJs uh, I've ever seen. And so, yeah, that family is just uh, just kicking ass. I don't even think I knew that Miley didn't have a Grammy. Wow. Right. When when wow. when Brandy told me that I was like, that can't be true. That's not real. I mean, Flowers is like one of the biggest songs of all time. So, I mean, maybe next year this will change because that's just crazy. Yeah, no, fingers crossed, right? Like I saw something where Gloria Gaynor was even like, you know, I will pass the I will survive torch to Miley. Like this is the new I will survive. I'm like, those are some pretty powerful words there. Yeah, for sure. What what type of like music do you like in general? Like who, who's, you know, on your regular playlist? Well, so I was uh, I was an indie radio host in Nashville for a very long time. Um, so I very much lean towards like the indie sad bastard Americana stuff. Like we just went to have you ever been to Pappy and Harriet's in um, uh, in Joshua Tree? No. OK, you got to go. It's like the most fun thing in the world. And we went to go see my buddy Raylan Baxter Um play out there and so there's this place called pappy and harriet's and joshua tree and it, like it's like an old like, wild west town like i think they used to shoot like westerns there so it's like still looks like that and you go there and they've got a venue just kind of on the middle of the desert no one really knows why it's there um and everyone kind of stops there to to perform because it's kind of routing wise makes sense like from vegas to la or whatnot um, yeah and so you go out there you see some music um They've got this place called Red Dog Saloon, which has the most amazing tacos. Everyone is dressed so cool. You just want to like, I feel like everyone's in a band out there. So anyways, yeah, that's a, a long diatribe of my buddy Raylan Baxter. has got a new record out called Butterfly. It's so good. And yeah, I like that kind of sad bastard stuff. Do you get, you know, like we talk about Miley and like modern family members at your wedding. And I mean, you know, Vanessa Hutchins, like, you know, you're an e-correspondent. Like, do you get starstruck? You live in L.A. You've been on the scene. Are you the type that gets starstruck? Not really, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I uh, and that comes from a time where I uh, when, when I was a radio host, I used to interview people who of whom I loved so much um these musicians who like i idolized so I, that's when i would get starstruck um like you know i interviewed like emmy lou harris one time and i was just like oh my god like tell me all the stories um now not really uh and you know it's it's one of those things it's like you don't want to meet your heroes either you know because that never lives up to um to what you've like kind of thought it was going to be but um yeah no i don't really get starstruck that often i uh, i agree i mean i think i don't really want to meet i i did and i used to but now other than maybe one or two people i don't really want to meet any heroes either it's yeah. never usually lives up to what you think yeah do you find like what about the opposite when you know like you're out with sarah they're a huge bachelor fan they're a huge modern family fan like how do you guys interact when you're out for the night in la with fans like i mean does that get overwhelming at times i mean i know it's la and it's not always intense and people do their own thing and there's a million of us celebrities everywhere and not us but you and sarah but i mean how, how does that work yeah it's it's kind of interesting because um you know, on TV, I play myself. So people know me as Wells, but like Sarah is a different thing. She plays other people, you know, she's Haley or 
she's Heidi. And so I feel like they don't have as much ownership over who they are in comparison to me where they're like, they feel like they know me. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because she obviously is so much more recognizable to me and so much more, you know, famous than I am, but at bars and stuff, people will be scared to go talk to her, but they will come up to me and be like, like come and like, you know, grab me by the arm, like stick a shit. And that's an interesting thing. And I've boiled it down to because I play myself on TV, they know me as me. Um, and they feel like they can talk to me like, they, like I am their buddy. And I love that. Like, I think that that's a, like a really cool thing. That's a good point. Okay. I'm gonna, let me give you the background right. of what's happening. The dog keeps scratching at the door uh, to come in. So then I have to open the door. And then uh, Sarah's like making a smoothie downstairs. So it just sounds like someone's vacuuming right outside the door. But I have to keep the door open because the dog keeps scratching. I can't win over here, man. I'm losing. Well, listen, Wells, if you want the dog and Sarah to join us here today, just just say the word. And I'll, <laughs> I'll like hold on for a minute. And you could, you know, I mean... You know, I'm just trying to help you out over here, man. I'm sorry. You're going to have to edit this thing down. I apologize. That's okay. Well, I mean, speaking of that, you know, I mean, that is a good point that people come and, you know, they think they know you because you're on reality TV, whereas Sarah's an actress playing Haley and, you know, Heidi. But I mean, like, have you guys ever been approached? I mean, I would think you would. I mean, people are pitching reality shows all the time. Like, have you and Sarah ever been approached to do just a newlyweds, Nick and Jessica, old school type? Oh, yeah. A million times. That's never going to happen. So never, uh, never going to happen. Um, we, but we have pitched shows where we're co-hosting together. Um, and you know, people have, have not picked up those shows and, you know, people, sometimes people make bad decisions and now it's a, it's, we're in a tough spot because I'm employed by ABC Disney for paradise and Hulu for best in dough. And she's with, Peacock, NBC Universal for, you know, um, Bumper in Berlin and for um, Love Island. And so now we're kind of separated because networks don't like to play with one another and all that kind of stuff. But I imagine one day we will um, we'll do something together and it'll be fun. A reality show never happening about, you know, newlyweds or just married life. Like, what is that? Like, is it a no from you? Is it a no from her? Is it a unified, like, no from both of us? Or is one of you more anti this idea? I think we're both very much a no on a hard no on that. I mean, like, listen, I think that there has to be like a little bit of privacy that we get to enjoy. And because we do open ourselves up a lot. Um I mean, on social media for one, but like, like I said, like I am, a, I am me on TV and actually now she's that she's doing Love Island. She is her on TV. And so I, at some, you have that, you have to keep like a little bit of, um, of ourselves to ourselves, if that makes sense. And I think that would be just too much for us. Did you, what advice did you give Sarah on Love Island? I mean, you are a pro at this. Yeah, I didn't give her. Well, I. What did I say? Um, I did say, like. Unfortunately, you're going to have um, you're going to feel a certain way about certain people. 
you're going to love some people and you're not going to like some people because some people are going to make, you know, bad decisions. And if you ever are in a situation like I'm always in, in paradise where you're talking to everybody, um, you have to always go into those conversations unbiased and remember that like everyone's fighting a hard battle and you, you need to come at it from the side of compassion and not from a, a personal, you know, feeling of things and because it's and it's funny because sarah watches you know bachelor and bachelorette and, and bachelor in paradise and she will be like I can't, that person now they're so mean i don't like them and i have to be like you can't you can't feel that way because you don't know what they're going through and it's so funny how the roles reversed when we started watching her season of love island and I was like, I don't like that guy. And she's like, you can't do, you told me you can't do that. You need to wait for, he's the nice guy, you know, like, uh, so it's funny. It's like come full circle for us. That is funny. I mean, that is good advice. Like that's literally exactly what like Nick Lachey and Nick and Vanessa are going through now with like, yeah. love is blind. You know, there are all these criticisms. There's like this change.org petition saying like yeah. move them as hosts where do you fall on this controversy that swept our nation? <laughs> yes. These are the big, hard swept hitting our, questions. Swept our reality TV nation. Yeah. I saw the, um, I saw the after show and listen, like I said, she got too emotionally invested in something and, and that's a good thing as someone who is helping make a show, because if you don't care, then it doesn't matter. Um, but as a host of a show, you need to remember kind of like the basics of journalism 101 and, uh, journalism ethics, which is you have to come at every story, um, un unbiasedly because the second that you don't come at it unbiasedly, then it's an, it's an opinion piece. And that's not fair for everyone. Um, also, you know, on that panel, making that show and, so I, I think she probably learned a, a pretty good lesson of you, you really need to come at it from a, one, a place of compassion. And I think she was trying to do that. I think she was trying to be compassionate for um, the woman and she was kind of upset with like how the guy handled it. Um, but then also, you know, that guy's, you don't know that guy's journey. Um, that was tough. It's tough for everybody you've probably never been in a situation where you met somebody where you couldn't see their face for the first six weeks of it and then got thrust into this relationship and then wanted to get married. Like it's a, it's a crazy situation in general. Um, you know, it was like last season when she kind of came at that one guy who was, who was pretty terrible. I forget his name. Yeah. Um, and, and I think she was applauded for it. So I think that that she was like, Oh, this is great. This is, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to defend, you know, the defend the you know the defenseless and then this time it just didn't work as well but i think she'll learn from this and will continue to kick ass going forward you do you think her and nick will be back because there is all this talk that this may be I, it I, you can have a petition all you like but there are things like contracts that like are, are pretty hard to break and um generally will probably be more expensive than um than finding new people. So I, yeah, I would doubt that highly, but, and I also don't know if that's a fireable offense. I mean, she was just being passionate about a thing that she hosts. And I think that is a good thing to be if you are in that position. I just think that 
you need to internalize kind of being mad at somebody and just ask questions and let them. And I learned this a long time ago. It's very easy to let someone else dig their own grave if you ask the right questions. Absolutely. I I agree with you. I don't think they're going anywhere. But if yeah. there was this replacement, I mean, you know, on Love is Blind, you know, you have the experience. Now Sarah has the experience. You're another married couple. Would you be interested with Sarah and hosting Love is Blind? Uh, I don't like going after people's jobs. That's not my gig. Um, I would love to, I will say this. I would love to do a show with Sarah one day. Um, and especially like in the relationship space, because we are in a relationship. Um, and I actually, and we have such a very strong and healthy relationship that I actually do think that we could do a lot of good for a show like that, or like paradise or love Island where people are truly, if they are being honest with themselves and really looking for a forever person, then it makes sense to talk to two people who have found their forever people. So yeah, one day I think we'll do, um, we'll do a show like that and it'll be, it'll be very fun. And then you'll also get to see like that. That'll be your, like your, your, the show that you were asking, like if a Kardashian show or whatever, that'll be your look into like our weirdness because I'm a lot weirder than I think people think I am. And Sarah's a lot goofier than she is. And all of a sudden there'll be a lot of interviews of us just uh, probably being weird and it'll probably be great TV. I am. Let's just put that out into the universe. I am all for it. What about, you know, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? You know, we've had Lisa Rinna. We have other actresses. Like, what if, you know, one day the phone rang and you and Sarah were sitting there having breakfast and Sarah's like, hold on. Wells, this is, you know, Andy Cohn or Bravo. And they're actually asking me to join the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Well, I don't like to speak for anybody, uh, especially someone who can so easily kill me in my sleep. So I won't say what if Sarah would ever want to do that. Um, you can ask her yourself, but I, I think that, I think that the one reality show that Sarah would do is what she's doing now, which is hosting. Um, and then she needs to, she needs to, and should continue focusing on her craft, which she is so very, very talented at, which is acting. And she needs to be doing that until, uh, you know, the wheels fall off. And I firmly believe that. I'm all for that too. What about, you know, your guy's good friend, Vanessa Hutchins just got, you know, she's going to get married now. What advice would you have for her as she heads to plan a wedding and yeah. get married? Uh, good luck. Uh, it's not fun, Vanessa and Cole. Um, my, the, the thing that I learned the most from our wedding is I understand that pictures are very, very important. And I think I did give her and Cole this advice. Pictures are important and you want those pictures um, because they last forever. But you also need need to remember that like you need to take the pictures in your mind. You need to be able to experience the experience. And there was a time in, in our wedding where we were getting pulled in so many different directions because, you know, they wanted to get all these great pictures. And it partially was our fault. We had we were going to be on in vogue, you know? And so I'm sure they wanted to get like the right pictures for it. But at some point in time, I remember having to, to stop the photographers and I said, okay, I need you guys to go take candidates of other people or something and just let us experience um, this big party that we threw for everybody. And, um, and so that's why I told her, I was like, take all the pictures, but then release them into like the party and then go experience uh, it for yourself. That is good advice. What was the best thing about Best in Doe? 
What is the best thing about Best in Dough? Well, the best thing about Best in Dough was I got to eat pizza every day. Uh, the worst thing about Best in Dough was that I gained like a I gained like seven pounds over like a two week span of filming that show. Uh, it was so much fun, and uh, I'm sure much the chagrin of Bachelor Nation, but it was it was the most fun show I have ever gotten to be a part of or make. Uh, every day we came to work and got to see people do what they love, which is make pizza, and then we got to eat it. Um, it's such a fun and like easy show. If you like cooking shows at all, I implore you to go watch it on Hulu. It's it's great. The characters that we bring on, we bring in grandmas from the old country, nonas. We bring in barbecue pit masters. We bring in James Beard award winning and Michelin star chefs. We bring in kids with their parents, college students. It was, it was so much fun to see all these different types of people make this thing that we all love, which is pizza. And um, there are a lot of cooking shows out there that can be like a little mean spirited where the judges can be, you know, can be rude and, and um, cutthroat, I guess. And our show is not like that. It is all positivity. And um, the guy I did the show with Danielle Uditi, who has like five pizza restaurants in um, all across the country called Pizzana. They're amazing. Um, he was the most wonderful man to work with. It was his first TV show. He's from Italy and he's like, not, not like spoiled by Hollywood yet, like not ruined yet. Uh, he was like, I have never had more fun making a show with a single human being than Daniele Ditti, who just was like so excited to be there and do it. And then after every day that we finished um, filming, he would go and make his Cacio Pepe, his like signature um, pizza for us. And oh my God, I gained a lot of weight. What about, you know, my splitting between New York and LA is new. So I'm like semi new to living in LA half the time where, I mean, I'm a New Yorker. So it's like, we have great pizza. Where is the best yeah. place in LA to get pizza? I would say Pizzana is, really? I don't know where, where are you in LA? Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's a bunch over on that side. There's one in, um, in studio city where we live, there's one out in silver Lake. So There's they're fantastic. Um, it's, it's Napoli style pizza though, but it is so, so very, very good, it, but it's not like a New York slice like that. I'm sure that you're used to, but I highly recommend that. I like the fungi, uh, or the fungi, however they say it in Italian. It's the mushroom one. Um, Sarah likes the garlic pesto. That one's fire. Mm, Cacio Pepe's is famous one. You should try that one. And then there's one with like, um, oh, uh, like eggplant flowers on it. And it's beautiful. And it's so good. There's also one with like truffles on it, which is like, you know, real fancy. Uh, yeah, go check it out. You'll love it. Do you have a favorite pizza place outside of LA? Just like having traveled, like where's your best pizza in the US that you've had? Um, I lived in Nashville for 12, 13 years and there is, well, now there's two, but when I lived there on the East side, there was a place called five points pizza that is New York style and it is fire. And I can, I can confirm that it is a good New York slice because my wife who's from Manhattan would come to visit me in Nashville. And I, and she was like, this is really good pizza. Like, I didn't know you could make this in Nashville. So uh, Five Points Pizza in Nashville is great. There's now a, a, one on the west side, too, if you're a Nashville listener. And then um, uh, in New York, 
Bleecker Street Pizza is like Sarah's go-to, and she's taking me there, and that place so is good. amazing. And her it's pictures, so her pictures on the wall there. Is it? That's, it's, it's, that's a big deal for her because there's a lot of famous people who go in there a lot, and they're not on that wall, and they want to be on that wall. And so every time we go in there, it's like, oh, I'm still up there. Okay, good. That's because they know that she's a you know New Yorker by yeah. nature, and they pay. But Bleecker Street is seriously one of the best pizza places ever. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you like it too. I, I'm always nervous telling a New Yorker if that place is good or not. I used to live kind of right there, and it literally, oh, yeah. I was like, I will never order from anywhere else. But I never, I haven't gone into there. So now the next time I am, I'm gonna have to look for the Sarah Highland picture on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. It's right above uh, uh above the the checkout person uh to the right a little bit i think okay i'm gonna have to look for that yeah anything else you want to cover here today i mean your favorite thing it's a great it's still going strong i enjoy listening to it you and brandy have phenomenal chemistry yeah i would implore uh, everyone out there if they like podcasts um your favorite thing podcast wells and brandy is a good one um and it's it's more of we talk about our favorite things but it's more of like it's a lot of reviews of things that people are like on the fence of watching, um, which I think is a good resource for people. Cause there's now so many different streaming services, so many different platforms to like absorb media. And so this kind of cuts through the clutter for you. Cause we just watch a lot of, um, I mean, I, it's embarrassing, but we would watch a lot of TV. Um, so it's a good resource if you like want to figure out like what's good and what's not. And I also like, I, I will say like, if we're talking about reality TV shows, I can tell you which ones are good or which ones are bad because I help make them. And so uh, I think I've got a good insight on that. We also talk about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise just because I have such an intimate knowledge of uh, those shows. Um, and yeah, you know, Bachelor in Paradise will be coming back again late summer, early fall. So excited for that. And yeah, go watch Best in Doe on Hulu. It's a good show. And it's, the only problem is... Um, it makes you hungry when you watch it. So you, everyone just orders pizza, you know, after the first episode. There is no better food. Do you get into Selling Sunset? That's the new season. Is I watched, I haven't watched the new one of it, but we watched the original one. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty juicy. I mean, that's a good show. I'm just, but you know, it's funny. So there was uh Kate who was on Bachelor in Paradise this last season. She works uh, for, the Shaw is it Shaw's the, Opp the Oppenheim group? Yeah, she, yeah, and and was like, what? Why are you not on? Because she was kind of like the villain there at the end. It was like, why are you not on Selling Sunset? What is what is happening here? You'd be perfect for this show. And who knows? Maybe it was like her audition to get on that show. They need a new villain too because Christine Quinn is gone. So, but it's just I don't listen. I know that you know there's a lot of controversy. Are they real agents? Isn't that I don't. I don't even care. It's by Adam DeVello who did The Hills. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so great. And Bling Empire was just canceled. That's my RIP. If you watch Bling Empire, it was also phenomenal, but it's canceled. Why was it canceled? I have no idea. I mean, I can have my own thoughts on why. I mean, I assume just, but it's it's canceled. It was so good. So good. That's not good. That's That's one you should just, you know, I mean, it's, but- it's only three seasons. On. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, it's just the wealth. It's just so, it's like you are just in a fantasy world and it's so funny and it's so well edited. Netflix does it right sometimes. Wait, did I talk to you, talk about uh, Jury Duty? Yeah, which is, it's great. Jury Duty is great too. Oh my God, that show is so 
I so badly want to make a show like that now. I think that's so funny. I assume it's going to get a second. I mean, I assume because a lot of people, I mean, but let's not assume anything in this business, but I assume it's doing well. I mean, a lot of people are buzzing about it, but I don't know if it's just people like you and I that are kind of in this world. No, I do think it's popular. The problem is that now that people know that that can be done. Right. It's going to be harder for someone to think like, these aren't all actors, you know, like once you've kind of, once you do that reveal and everyone knows, then it's like, oh no. They so almost I, have to like change something completely, like just yeah. a whole different scenario with, I mean, it's going to have to be a bunch of whole different actors, I guess. And I don't even know what it could be, but it's going to have to be just something, right? Like just a whole yeah. different setting with a bunch of different people. But I, the concept of it, I think is brilliant. And maybe yeah. it could be like endless and what they could do. I know. God, I wish, I wish so badly I was on that show. Every time I watch it, I'm like, God, it'd be so much fun to be like this crazy juror. And this poor Ronald guy's like, what is going on with this? It's like, there was some show, I forgot what I think it was. I forgot who it was with. It was about like, it was kind of like that, but it wasn't like Night Court. It was something they were trying to like- They did it, they did it with the kind of like of The Bachelor years ago. And they pretended that he was a prince or like a millionaire, but he wasn't. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of similar where like they, it's under false pretenses of this thing that you're doing. But that's a, that's a little different. Everyone's an actor and one person is a reality person instead of one person being an actor and everyone's a reality person. I love any reality show with dating where there's money involved and it's like for, for, for love or money. Like that was a show way back in the day. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, like something like that where you're like, you could win this money. And like, I just, I don't know. Oh, like yeah. Blurring the got- lines of love and money. We got big into X on the Beach. I love that show so much. Um, and then we also, we are like big challenge people, like real big challenge Old school. people. Yeah, and, and I, I did uh, uh, Worst Cooks in America on Food Network, and, and I beat Johnny Bananas, um, which he doesn't like losing because he wins all the time. And so I had never seen the challenge at that point when I, but we became friends and he was like showing me clips. And then now we are like the biggest challenge fans in the world. It's like, we do a thing called uh taco challenge Wednesday. So on Wednesdays I'd, I'd make tacos and we'd sit down and watch the challenge. So we're big reality trash TV people too. And big brother. I don't know if you're into big brother, but big brother is just, it's I, just I, too I much. I know There's it's just, a lot. It's, it's there's so many hours of TV. It's the same with Love Island. I love Sarah's show. And I'm like, like four nights a week. Like this is TV. A I got to catch up on. It's your job though. You know, so at I least know. you have an excuse. I appreciate you taking their time. Where can everyone find you and where can everyone find your podcast? Thank you for chatting again. Yeah. Uh, David, thank you for having me. And this has been a lot of fun. It's good to see you again. Um, yeah. If you want to follow me on the social medias and all that kind of stuff, it's all at Wells Adams, one word. Um, and yeah, if you want to follow, uh, and listen along to your favorite thing podcast, you can find that wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple store, Google play or Spotify, um, it's all everywhere. And, um, yeah, best in dough is on Hulu and bachelor in paradise is on ABC and on Hulu. I think that's everything. I can't wait to watch it all. So thank you for your time. Say hi to your dog and Sarah for me. I know. I Sarah, you now can turn the blender back on. Tell her sorry to keep you. 
No, no, no. You're good, man. Um, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. It's good to see you, man. You too. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.